Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. <laughs> what up, ladies and gentlemen? Happy hump day. Hernan Cias here, host of the Business Bros podcast, along with my co-host, the insurance bro, James Cias with Pipeline Insurance. And as always, we have an awesome show planned for you. Is anybody out there working on a huge construction project? I mean, I'm talking massive, right? Like probably the size of, I don't know, one of those buildings that we can see out the window in downtown? Maybe. I don't know. Huge. Well, if you do, check out today's guest and get the best strategic planning company for the construction industry on your side. Welcome to the show from Hatfield Management, Harvey Friedman. Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. Wow. You're That's good great. at those. Hey, man. He, he, does, he does a good job. Huh? I told you. It's a little thing. Harvey, before we get into our conversation, I need to do two things. One, apologize to our audience because I messed up. So if you caught wah, wah, if you caught wah, the live wah. show on Monday, you caught it on time. I went to post the show and I put the wrong date. So yesterday we didn't have a show on iTunes. So I have to apologize, number one. But it is there. So go check out the episode. It was great. But um, did we get two shows today? Uh, we, did the audience get two shows today? On the live feed. So it's a benefit of, okay. of joining us on live. You get to see all the stuff right there live. And then second, we got to make sure we remind you guys. 365 pairs of shoes by the end of the year is what we're shooting for so if you have new shoes used shoes or you want to donate cash make sure you hit james up 619-884-0045 or james at csfirst.com he'll hop on that orange harley he rides everywhere right over there pick up those shoes 37 pairs is the most that we've picked up in one round so let's see if we can top that on the bike on the bike, you picked up what was it, eighty something? I actually didn't pick it up. Uh, Lizzie Lee brought them. Oh, you're right. So, you're right. Yeah. yeah. But on the bike, thirty-seven pairs. So let's see if you guys can top that. Um, welcome to Q4, and let's talk about planning things out. Harvey, let's talk about to planning things out. So Harvey, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, my background is construction. I've been in the construction business for over forty years. I started an electrical contracting company, which uh, ultimately we took public in 1998 on the New York Stock Exchange. I retired from the, uh, that company in uh, 2003 and started to do uh, project management and strategic planning and consulting for other companies, including masonry, plumbing, HVAC, and electrical, of course, and working with project managers to and the owners of the company to keep the people within the company accountable uh, for what they were doing. And not to browbeat them, not to micromanage, but to teach them how to become accountable and how to keep their people down the line accountable to them. And that way, bringing up the profitability of the company and bringing up the profitability of the jobs. When we get people on the show, they're very, uh, most of the time, they're small business owners. One individual, maybe a couple employees. um, And we talk about some basic stuff to help create their business a little bit more scalable so that they can grow a company. Mm -hmm. 
never have I yet spoken to somebody who's who's gone through the process of taking a, a company public. Yeah. That's a whole different animal to me. That's, that's true. That's a first. This is, that's a, that's a first. The, I mean, taking a company public has a whole other. I mean, now you're talking about gap accounting now you're talking yeah. about sec now we're talking about you know in how you how you deal with issuing stock and all kinds of different things on top of running a profitable company correct tell me a little bit about that experience what was it like well, building that kind of organization well there was an organization called independent electrical contractors association uh out of washington dc which has 3500 members uh across the country and uh i was very active in that association I became president in 2000 of that association, traveling back and forth as president. We had a CEO, uh, CEO executive director in Washington, uh, and then we had a board of directors. Uh, within that organization, there were a group of guys who got together, did not compete with each other, but got together and said, you know, what can we do with our companies? What can we do with the industry? And at one of our meetings, one of the guys brought up somebody who was going to uh, put together a uh, IPO, uh, talked to us, and that was in May of 97. By September of 97, we had Arthur Anderson, who was still in business at that time, uh, in our offices. Uh, there were 15 of us around the country. And January of 98, we went public on the New York Stock Exchange. What's, what's it like putting together that kind of team? Because, you know, when we, our, our, our insurance company, for example, there's five partners. We each have our own roles. Um, we've been we've been at it for I don't know six seven years now, um, and you know trying to grow a company to to scale and then having a, a team. I was reading um, an autobiography recently on um, Jeff Bezos, okay. for example, and he he took Amazon from nothing to a public company, multi billion dollar company in a couple of years, mm-hmm. and that's a whole different. To me, that's that's. That's a whole different mindset when it comes to thinking about a business. What you mentioned right now was you had certain players and certain team members coming together to to put this organization together. How how important it is it is it to have those right people in those right positions? Extremely important. First of all, the the companies that we were dealing with, the fifteen companies that actually put together the deal in the in the first place, were all companies that were very profitable, were uh, were very well run, had. Uh, many things in place within the company for accountability so they knew what they were looking at they knew how to put it together uh, of course once we became a public company a lot of things changed for all of our uh, the way we were running our companies because now we were reporting to a central company which was in Houston at the time it still is in Houston and uh, reporting to the New York Stock Exchange and to shareholders uh, so some of those things changed, but basically running the individual companies at home, uh, in your own home company, uh, pretty much stayed the same. You were still having your same contacts. You were still uh, dealing with the same people. The advantage for us, though, was then we had a national uh, presence. So we then became doing work for national companies. That's... Uh, uh, started doing work for national companies uh, across the country because of our reputation as one company called Independent uh, Integrated Electrical Services. And what what do you think? Uh, well, in your opinion, how, how how was that transition going from having your own independent successful company? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you were doing relatively well when it came to your finances. You were in right. a good position. Um, 
what's the benefit of joining a venture like that and taking it public and and going that route there's a lot of people who want to stay private and there's a lot of people who want to go that route it's not for everybody it just depends on what you want to do uh, i had a uh, uh, exit strategy that i was looking at uh, it was very active um, looking at my business on top of my business not in my business mm -hmm. so i was looking at you know at a certain age where i wanted to be and at a certain age i wanted to be either sell my company or uh, do an IPO, and it just worked and it worked out. out the way you wanted it to. It worked out the fine. Yeah. What kind of what kind of stuff did you do in your company? Because there's a lot of contractors out there, tons of contractors out there. There's tons of handyman out there mm -hmm. um, that can never get past the they meet the client, they do the work, they do the invoicing. Like, how did you separate between doing the physical work, you know, working in your business to start to work on your business? Starting to trust people to delegate to people. And uh, finding people who knew more in areas that I did not know enough about and hire those people and not having fear of having them working for me. So basically, as if in, in, in certain areas of, of the company, I didn't have the strength. Uh, so I figured I'd hire somebody who was really a great salesperson. I'd hire a great estimator. I could estimate, I could project manage, but there's different levels. So I looked for the people, the cream of the crop, to hire, to bring into the company, to build my company, and that's what we did. Um, after I retired, I came back to the uh, parent company about three years later to run a $65 million a year company that had 450 employees that the previous management team walked out one day uh, for whatever reason. They were not held to the company for any particular contracts uh, outside of a non-compete and uh, so I stepped in on day one with 450 employees running about 65 million dollars a year and uh, my deal with them was I would stay for a year to year and a half till I could find somebody to replace me because I wasn't looking for a full-time job I liked what I was doing I do seminars um, and I do a lot of consulting and um, and that's really what I wanted to do on my time the, you so. know, it's, it's funny. I um, what you described it there reminded me of, of like the Warren Buffett story. You know, he came in and one of the key things that he would look at is a business that had a good business model, but maybe lacked in management. You right. had a particular incident where management just walked out. Right in that in that in that particular instance, yes, management walked out. We're talking about the president of the company, the controller of the company, the uh, top super uh, superintendent of the company, and chief estimator. Oh, one day. So you come yeah. in basically. These, these, there's there's a fire. There's there's mm -hmm. definitely a big fire. fire. This company's burning, mm -hmm. and you come in and start to hose it down. Yeah, what yeah. is what is what is someone like you walk into a company that's you know generating sixty five million a year in revenue, mm -hmm. four hundred fifty employees. Right. There had to be at least some stuff in place, otherwise it would have been chaotic. There was some stuff in place. There were now there were a number of employees who looked at me and say, hey, "Who's this guy coming in to run our company?" We we were used to the old company. We used and everything else. So I had to do work with them, and and I did. I, I, I I'm very very honest with my people. Uh, I tell them how it is. I tell them what I'm looking for. I let them do the job. I don't micromanage. Uh, I don't believe in micromanage because when you micromanage, you're working in the business mm -hmm. instead of on the business. Too many contractors, especially subcontractors, sm small ones, even medium-sized, they're growing 10 to $15 million. They're working in, in the business. It's very difficult to grow the business when you're working in it. You have to have people in place and trust them, and there's got to be an accountability and chain of accountability all the way up to the top. 
Uh, but if you have those right people in place, um, I've got one client right now who, who's uh, growing at 30% a year, and he took, because uh, I like to think because of uh, my helping him uh, being in there on a regular basis, took 16 weeks of vacation last year. Ooh, that's so, nice. Um, and he's extremely profitable. So there, there's um, running the right business with the right people and right accountability. Uh, you can does wonders. That. Does, yeah. does. Well, let, let's talk about a little bit about the right people. For example, like uh, you know, we we in our insurance agency, we're bringing on insurance agents, um, and we take somebody who has uh, never had an insurance license, get them through the insurance license process, um, get them trained on a specific field that they want to go into, whether mm-hmm. it's personal lines, commercial lines, and then we we're able to set them free. Now, some people end up it's a sales job, right? So some right. people end up being phenomenal and some people just realize you know what this wasn't for me after all and that's that's okay but how you know how quick are you to hire how quick are you to fire how you know how do you decide whether someone is the right person maybe they're a good employee but maybe they're sitting in the wrong seat you know how how do you determine that well there's a number of ways to determine number one is you're looking at somebody depending on the area that you're wanting hiring men their expertise in the field what their background and everything else but the other thing too that I always look at is I look at the individual who is this individual what can he do is he a people person can he get along with other people or does he just go off at the dead end as soon as somebody says something against what he's trying to do so I look at people who are able to negotiate who are able to turn things around make things happen and that to me is a good people person now with that Training that person, making sure they understand our computer systems, our estimating or project management systems, because uh, every company operates a little bit different. Uh, their chain of command and everything else, those are all things that come into it. But if you don't have the right person in place who can get along with other people, and that's other people within the company and outside the company, because they're dealing with people in the field, they're dealing with other companies, especially in project management. Estimators are dealing with uh, distributors, they're dealing with manufacturers. So you gotta be able to talk to all these people, get much, much better, more satisfaction, more uh, reward and return from them than you were from somebody who really knows the business but can't go out and articulate and work, it yeah. and work with people absolutely yeah so how do you how do you what are some tips that you've done that you've known that that have worked well for you in hiring i'll give you an example um i've always i i, I heard a dave ramsey thing he said when you're going to bring somebody on your company invite them to dinner them and their spouse well, and then sit down and you know have yeah. dinner with somebody because yeah. you really get to know somebody once you once you break bread with them Get away from the office. Yeah. Get away from the office or work, see where they're at, whether it's on the golf course or if it's at a restaurant or something like that. Understand who they are. Try to figure out who they are aside from just the business end of it. Because by that time, you should have developed, you should have an understanding that what's their background, how much do they know, who do they know in the business, uh, how long they've worked for their previous companies, why they left the company, or why do they want to leave the company, uh, all those things. Then you really have to say, who is this individual? Okay. So that first part we can get on a resume, right? Get a Google a, search, we can... Right, it's just a resume, I'll tell you, uh, there's a lot of social media, they'll tell you who they are and everything else, and you check out the background and all that. If they have the, if they have the knowledge in the field, depending on where you're hiring, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're hiring somebody who's coming in as an apprentice, okay, or to, to train them, okay, what's their background education, okay? Uh, but ultimately, can this person work with other people can they be part of the team 
because when they're part of the team, they start to talk to each other and help each other out. And what somebody doesn't know or somebody's questioning, the other guy can help them out. The other person can help them out. So that the teamwork is, is paramount. So speaking of teamwork, one thing that James over here has a big push on us for our company is is the, the company culture. So we've gone through a number of different revamps as we've developed the company. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. You try something, we're like, okay, well, that worked pretty well. Let's revamp it. Let's try it this way. Right. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're in what we call, I don't know, the pipeline 4.0 or something. You know, the right. fourth time around, we're, mm-hmm. we're restructuring things. But he has this really big push on um, what the company culture is supposed to be like. What is it supposed to be like when we all hang out? And what's, you know, what's our direct mission statement? What's it, what's, what's our why? Why is it that we are doing this particular business? What are we building it for? And, and he kind of has that in motion and what he does in the background so that every time we get a new agent and they're coming through our orientation process and they're going through our training modules, that that culture is set in each and every one of them so that they take it out onto the field. What's it been like for you in your companies creating a specific kind of culture? Well, come, uh, the culture itself should really be down, uh, put down in writing so people understand exactly what it is. And uh, the type of operation you want, how you want to integrate the people with each other, what the uh, handbook, employee handbook states, uh, what the benefits are, everything else that goes along with it. I'm a firm believer that every employee should make a living uh, wage where he can support a family, where he can buy a house, where they can buy a car, where they can send their kids to school. But those people have to be able to be able to produce the job that they're hired to produce. Mm-hmm. So uh, whether it's a um, new apprentice electrician coming in, uh, we paid full education for apprentices uh, to go through a four-year apprenticeship program in the electrical industry. Um, and those who didn't want to go to class at night because they just they were too tired mm-hmm. right? they fell by the wayside it's the ones who really wanted to say hey this is a business that i can make a living in as i did yeah well, as that, i started off as a but that's went, right went off through, the bat that's a right, cultural thing right there right it's a cultural thing here's what if you want to come to work for us here's what we do if you get the decent grades we'll pay for your education for the four years no, uh, nothing attached. I mean, you, you want to leave us after four years, you leave us after four years. There's nothing we can do. But what happens is if other contractors think that way, okay, then they will be producing a good trade mm-hmm. employee, a good journeyman, good foreman, a good superintendent. The contractors don't want to pay for their employees to go to school or don't want to pay the benefits, okay, those contractors can't possibly grow because they're not building a team. They're not keeping people. Uh, they're just uh, Do doing find, the job a job. Did you find that when you when you put them through the schooling, when you provided a, a living wage, when you provided the benefits, did you did you notice the retention level or your, your turnover ratio drop? Your, uh, turnover ratio definitely drops. Uh, employees, it, it, it's not that they become beholden to you. They know what the culture of the company is. They know that there's advancement possibilities here. Uh, you know, one of the things that I I had an employee came into my office one time, and he was probably a, a second year journeyman, so he went through an apprenticeship program, and he came in and he said, "You know, I really like what I'm doing." He says, "What can I do more in this company for me to grow?" Mm-hmm. Here's a guy who was interested in becoming part of the inner 
portion of the company. Yes. Whether it was a, a foreman's job or a superintendent's job or a general foreman's job or maybe estimating or project management, here's somebody who was interested. These are the kind of people you really want to get. These are the people who are interested in the industry, interested in the job they're doing, and interested in your company. Yeah, they have buy-in and they have pride uh, of, of work mm-hmm. that they do and they want to better yep. themselves and, yep. and they know that you've provided an avenue to do that. That's what we do. Now, what we do now, what I do now is I work with companies, uh, different types of companies in the construction industry to work with their project management and estimating. And then I work with the CEO of the company, uh, strategic planning, where they want to be in two years, three years, five years, what their growth is, where their financial stability is, uh, can we grow the company based on the profitability? And, uh, and then I take the project management, which is, you have a $2 million project, let's say, a plumbing project or electrical project. You're basically giving that project manager a open checkbook for $2 million. Mm-hmm. And if you're not watching that checkbook, It'll go. One, that's right. One day you realize, oh, wait a minute, we're overdrawn on the checkbook and we're not finished with the project. Mm. So what I do is we work with the project managers to make sure that they understand that uh, what they're spending, how much more they got the cost to complete the projects. And uh, uh, this way, the owner has a much more comfort level on the projects. Not every project goes great. Some go better, some go worse. But we control the project the best we can. Yeah, well, it comes down to planning, right? I mean, it comes down to planning, it comes down to estimating, it comes down to uh, turning the job over to the right people, to the right foreman, to the right uh, mix of, of employees on that particular job. There's a lot that goes into it. When you do the consulting, um, what is the typical size of the organization that you tend to work with on average? Basically, most of the companies that I work with, uh, our minimum size would be about, and I'm going to talk about revenue, is about three, three and a half million up to about 25 million in revenue. So all that that area, above 25 million, they're pretty very pretty well sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I haven't gone in and talked to these those companies and shown them areas where they could be much more profitable, but they have a lot of things in place. Uh, below $3 million, there's probably not large enough to hire me and uh, or hire my company. And uh, so it's, it's not gonna grow. It's not going to be the return is not going to be there for them. So, so companies that are doing that, uh, that kind of revenue, are they are they larger companies? I mean, we're talking construction, so two million in revenue could be like one big job a year. Right, right, yeah. So, you know, it's not it's not. Uh, company companies that I work with run between thirty and uh, three hundred employees. Okay, yeah, see, so that's a that's a pretty good organization because I mean, I, I because one of the things that I'm always wondering and skeptical about when when I'm dealing with with people that I talk to, they're very small scale and and leaving that trust, like opening that trust to you know, first of all, let somebody do the work that I was normally doing, right. you know, that that in itself, that very first it's, level uh, of release, that's that's a tough that's tough to give away. Listen, even for me, when I started out in business. When I left the, uh, finished the apprenticeship, left the field and decided to open up my own business, okay, and then doing everything by myself in the first uh, year or two and, and eventually starting to hire people, the trust factor of hiring an estimator when I was doing the estimating, uh, it was tough to let go of it. But you find the qualified people, you, you, you have, you, I put in places accountability with the estimator. So I would review a job 
after it was estimated. Okay, and I would ask them questions, and sometimes silly questions, just to see if they know. If they thought through it. Right, they thought through the job. Um, the same thing happened with project management. Okay, when they hired a project manager to go out on a job and supervise a job, uh, also, accountability of coming back. How much time do we have to complete the job? Well, I don't know. It's, uh, the estimate says we have 300 hours. I said, I don't care what the estimate says. How much time do you know that it's going to co- take to complete the job by walking the job with your foreman? So those are the things that uh, uh, I looked at. Once I had that trust factor in place, we kept on growing, growing, growing. I, um, it, as you're talking, I'm thinking of stuff going on in, in my own company because, you know, that trust factor is very tough. But there are people within our organization that have, that I do have immense trust for, but they've worked their way through it. Yeah. So earlier you were talking about that gentleman that wanted to, you know, increase his stature within the company. Um, and I'm thinking the same type of thing. I'm thinking of, I have, I have, a, I have someone in mind that I'm thinking, look, this person is, is someone I really depend on in my company. And I think they can take on more responsibility and start to delegate out some of the smaller tasks that they're okay. doing. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, in thinking of that, it was one of those things where like, it's scary because now they're going to be delegating some of the stuff that they're doing and I won't be there really to oversee those things, right? And it, that, that is a nerve-wracking thing. But you put things into place, accountability into place, where you get that information back. That's, it's not just t- turning it over to them and say, hey, have fun. It's, you know, how, what's, how's the report back? Where's the accountability? And, uh, those, and, and that's not micromanaging. And, and that's not browbeating. That's part of what they're doing. Because what they're going to be doing is they're going to be doing the same thing with the people who report to them. Hmm. So that it goes all the way up the line and the accountability comes all the way up to the owner of the company, president of the company. Reports and accountability. Can you believe that? You know, people being accountable for what they do. That's a crazy thought. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> Harvey, uh, tell me a little bit. Uh, you know, we talked a lot about, about, you know, broad scope of things. We kind of got a little bit of intro about what you do. Um, tell me a little bit something that we haven't talked about your particular industry now that you're consulting. What is it that you're, that you're looking for um, in a client and where, wh- how can we help you get that? Well, basically what I'm looking for is uh, anybody in the, uh, in the subcontractor construction market, possibly some small general contractors too, because they have some of the same issues that the smaller electrical contractors or smaller mechanical or uh, smaller subcontractors have. But when we talk about subcontractors in the 5 to $25 million range, uh, that would be a small general contractor because they encompass a lot of the trades. Uh, so those kind of companies would probably be $25 million and up in, in, in revenue. Uh, Depending on the company, depending on the structure. It's, Speaking it is of a, electrical, are you dealing with solar companies also? Uh, no, not right now, not. But mostly all construction companies uh, uh, dealing with uh, uh, doing high-rises, multifamily uh, projects, uh, shopping centers, theaters, uh, everything, hotels. That's uh, am- How, what are you seeing a lot of uh, construction being built here as far as residential? Are you looking at more uh, single-family homes? Are you looking at multifamily multi-fam- units? Multifamily, yeah. Uh, no, we're talking about here in Arizona, uh, you look at a lot of track homes there because they're wide open. We're talking about six, 700 uh, unit tracks. Uh, California's a little bit different to doing a lot of multifamily. Everybody's uh, building up. Everybody's building up a lot of condominiums, a lot of uh, apartments. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. 
Well, Harvey, I wanted you to do uh, one last thing here before we do our segment. We're going to do our segment of Ask okay. the Bros. But yeah. I want you to look at this camera right here, which okay. is uh, yours, yeah. and tell people how to get a hold of you if they want to work with you. Okay, they can reach me at HB, as in boy, F as in Frank, 901 at AOL.com. Telephone number is 602-558-1000. And I can tell you I am very responsive to calls and emails. Yes, he is. And I got to apologize because, uh, man, it was kind of tough to get you on the show this time. Yeah. We, we've yeah. had a number of uh, reschedules and technical issues and all kinds of stuff. Right. So I want to thank you, first of all, for, for being on the show and then sharing all that information. I mean, it's it's mm. it's really mind-blowing for me to, to even consider thinking about going public. Um, but I, what, one of the things I really loved about what you said about that was exit strategy. Because right. I'm all, I definitely, we're always thinking exit strategy, how we're going to get out of that. Um, that's not one of the options that I ever really thought uh, of. But right, uh, public is one thing, but there's a lot of different exit strategies that you could do. Right. Uh, but planning, uh, uh, planning, and, and being accountable to your plan. Mm-hmm. You're setting up a strategic plan and never looking at it doesn't mean it's a strategic plan. It's you know where are we tweaking it every six months, every year, every three months, depending on what the plan is. That's what you have to do, uh, and as. You know, we went public at an opportune time when things like that were going on. Uh, today, it may not be the right way. But there's a lot of consolidation within the construction industry. Uh, companies are buying other companies. Mm-hmm. That's another area that you could take a look at and uh, uh, plan to. Basically, if you plan to s- sell your business, or if you plan to have a strong financial business and plan to sell it, even if you never sell it, you're going to end up making some decent money. Well, I think uh, if you're setting it up so that you can sell it, it's much it's much, much more better. efficient. It's much more efficient and it's much more profitable. I 100% agree. All right. Ask the bros. So I got to know you really, really, really well. Uh, feel free to ask James or myself a question. I know he doesn't talk much. He actually does a lot of talking. We just don't see it. He talks to everybody on Facebook. <laughs> so, so I find this concept that you're doing very interesting. But enlighten me more. How long have you been doing this? And where does it spread out to the world? Yeah. So... Um, I'll give you the the rundown. So last July, not this July, last July, um, I dragged him into uh, podcasting. I said, you know, it it comes down to I was selling real estate at the time. We were building the insurance company at the time. And the simple question of how do we get in front of more people and tell them what it is we do? Mm -hmm. And so um, I was going to do video. And we did a video where we went to like Comic-Con and and he Uh was my cameraman. But it took me like eight hours to edit a video that was like three minutes. And I was like, well... That's not going to be as effective for me. Um, So we decided to, I I, I decided we're going to do podcasting. So we jumped on this podcast thing. We started talking on the on the podcast, started sharing, you know, different sales tactics and business and f- personal finance, all the different things that we've learned along, the, you know, 15 years of business that we've been in. Uh, and so uh, nobody listened. <laughs> nobody cared. <laughs> oh, yeah, my mom was on every okay, episode, oh, but uh, other than that, nobody listened. Uh, my eight-year-old son said, Dad, if you want people to listen to your show, you need to get influencers on your show. And so, okay. you know, I reached out to one real estate agent I knew. I was like, hey, I got this podcast. You want to come on the show? Um, and he said, sure. And everybody loves to share their stories. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he came on the show. And then, of course, he shared this, the podcast with his friends and family. 
And at the end of the show, we always ask people the same question. Who do you think would be a great guest to have on the podcast? And so he was like, hey, I think this person would be great. And so we got them on the show and then same thing with them. And now the web started to come out. So roughly about January of this year is when we really, really started to do interviews. Um, and we've had a show. We do a show every single day, Monday through Monday right. through Friday. And uh, now it's it's grown immensely. We've had you know two hundred people on the show. We've had you know a uh, number of different kinds of guests. Our Facebook following has grown immensely. The listenership has grown immensely. So now more people know who we are, and now we're doing a bunch more things that never even thought were possible with the podcast than what we initially thought we were gonna do. So. It's working. It's it's fun. It's been. What are one of the things that we're doing that we didn't think we were gonna do? Oh, so one of the things that we're doing now <laughs> is uh, sponsors, for example. Uh, okay. So now that we have uh, a following, we're able to send that following specific information. So, for example, we have uh, we're partnering with with somebody for an education program, learning about uh, setting pricing and motivation and mindset. So we have courses that we have available. Um, we have partnered soon. with coming soon. Coming soon. We have uh, courses uh, available through the micro schools so that if you want to get an insurance license, a real estate license, a notary license, you know, that's an option that we offer because we're high on education. Right, um, yeah. We have a solar company that we're working with. And so, like, if you wanted that's to buy... That's why he asked you about the uh, solar. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. right now the process for buying solar is so difficult. It's somebody knocks on your door, they sit through a two-hour presentation, and then you get a quote. And that might not be the quote you want. You have to sit through another two-hour presentation to get another quote. So the company that we partner with makes it easy. They come, Ooh. they bring a drone takes pictures and measurements of your roof, mm -hmm. sends it out to roofing contractors and sends it out to solar companies, and then they bid, and you, you look on a portal, and you just choose the bid that you want. And it makes it so much easier. I don't uh, have to sit yeah. through all the presentations. And so that's dronequotes.net. Yeah. And so all these different opportunities that have come about within the program are things and opportunities we never even thought possible. And on top of that, we get to build relationships with people. Right. We own an insurance agency, so hopefully that relationship uh, you know, spurs, uh, spits out some business. Yeah. Um, but in but all all just because we get on the mic every single day and listen to people and, and share their stories. So it's been That's a it's been a fun fantastic. it's been a fun gig. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you're in sales. Sales is all about networking and talking to That's people, right? It. That's what it is. So I get to network and talk to people and give them something that they can share. Yeah. So it's it's valuable in, in both sense. That's interesting. That's uh, that's how you're growing your company. That's how we're growing our company. Okay. That's, that's great. It works. It works. it works. And if anybody out there is interested in solar, go to dronequote.net slash business bros. I got to remember to say stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Sounds good. <laughs> I got you. There okay. you go. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's what I'm here for. The little Harvey, things. Thank you hey, very much thanks. for spending time thank with you. us. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, like great. I, that stuff. What you were talking about, the the whole going public thing, is something that I've I've been reading a lot about, and and just kind of learning from people who've done it. You know, books and and stuff. You know, the 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 Steve Jobs and the Microsofts and the Amazons of the world, just to kind of learn the process. Um, not that maybe that might not be the option, but just to you know understand the person, understand the systems that they put in place, understand the processes, because the more you know, right, the better the you know, yeah. the better equipped you are for this world. So I I thank you very much for coming on the show and sharing that with us. Thank you for having me. All right, thank ladies you. and gents. Quick reminder: three hundred sixty-five pairs of shoes by the end of the year. So if you have new shoes, used shoes, or you want to donate cash, hit James up six one nine eight eight four zero zero four five or James at csfirst dot com. And of course. 
mortgage professionals, you guys are the ones that we're after. You guys have a book of business that you're letting go. Fourth quarter is here. You should be able to contact more people. You should be able to utilize that book of business so that you're not leaving money on the table. We want to add an insurance department into your particular business. So if you are looking at your fourth quarter, you're, re you're reviewing how the year went, you want to add an additional income stream, make sure you hit James up 619-884-0045 or James at csfirst.com. Find out how we can help you. And that's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye-bye. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now. Or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.